I was the girl who looked for love in boys and Bacardi and wouldn't be caught dead at a Bible study. Now I wrote a book and record this podcast about how I learned that God isn't a bunch of rules, but in fact, He gives us absolute freedom. I also speak to college women nationwide about how my background in marketing led me to see the $100 million power of influence college women have over the marketplace. Yet these same college women are crying into their latte over some stinking boy. Basically, I've learned that today's 20-somethings are believing the same lies I believed when I was that age. And I am on a mission to replace those lies with truth. People call me a big sis, an adopted mom, or my favorite title, a cool aunt. But however you think of me, my heart is to be who I needed when I was younger and to bring you the best available truth for your 20s. We have a Facebook group. The Truth For Your 20s Facebook group is brand new. It is growing fast, but the party is not complete unless we have you there. This is the place where every week we're going to have an Ask Katie Anything. You guys, I'm here for it. Bring your questions. We are going to have your feedback about what you want to hear more about on this podcast. It's a place to network with other world changers all over the nation. Not to mention you guys get insider scoop promo codes, freebies, and lots more fun too. So head on over to Facebook, search Truth For Your 20s in groups, and join the party today. Hello, Ashley. Hello, Katie. This is really exciting. Ashley is my Instagram friend who I was just recently just uh, automatically drawn to when I saw all the content that she had out there. She posted something about strawberries the other day that was so simple, but just rocked my world in all the right ways. And I was like, Ashley, can you please come on the podcast? And to my happiness, she said yes. So besides blogging and Instagramming about strawberries, Ashley, can you tell them all the amazing things that you're up to on the online space? Yes, Katie, that was quite an intro. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. So uh, if you don't know me, I am Ashley. I am a writer who aspires to help you grow in your faith and thrive in your 20s. I am also an author uh, of the book, A Scoop of Honey, A Beginner's Guide to Faith by someone who wants Google Jesus. And that is on Amazon. Um, as for where I'm at in life right now, I just graduated college in a pandemic. So that's happening. And I'm excited to just step into this next season of life. So you're a whopping age of what, 22, 23? Yeah, 22. I don't know about you. Okay, sorry. I can't help myself. That's so exciting. So 22, which school did you graduate from? So I graduated from Miami in Ohio. It's not in Florida. A lot of people think it's in Florida, but There is a Miami University in Ohio that is amazing. It was an amazing experience. That's funny. A lot of schools have that. I, at the same time, was in conversation with University of North Florida in Jacksonville and Jacksonville State, which is in Alabama. And I was like, oh, guys, this is great. I'll be in the same town. We can, like, just, you know, do it together. And then finally we're like, "Mm, no, no, we're not (laughs) in the same town, Katie. (laughs) Okay, I'm in love with your book title, A Girl Who Wants Google Jesus. So who is this girl who wants Google Jesus to who you are now writing and blogging about faith? Oh my gosh, that is a loaded question. Yeah, it is. Wow. <laughs> um, so I, 
I found Jesus through Google, which is really funny to think about. And I still Google a lot to this day. I'm very curious about everything. But I basically, growing up, faith wasn't really super talked about in my household. I love my parents and they were so good with raising me, but we just never talked about God. And so it was like my sophomore year of high school and I had just gotten really lost. And that's when I Googled Jesus. And then now here we are (laughs) five years later. Um, A lot's happened since then, but I'm I'm happy to share everything I've learned it's definitely been a roller coaster. <laughs> so I'm curious, what what does one find when they Google Jesus? I'm sure you find a lot of different things. I guess you found a good article, though. Oh my gosh, Katie! I actually found the weirdest article first. Okay, so I googled Jesus, and I remember I came across this website page with like italic words, like saying this prayer. I think it was the Lord's Prayer. Looking back or not the Lord's prayer, but like a prayer to accept Christ into your life. And it just made zero sense to me. And so I exed out of that, moved on with my life. I was like, okay, maybe I'll find something else. I was just kind of at a point where I had found my worth so much in pleasing people that that just was not working for me anymore. And that's why I was curious about faith. Days after I Googled that, God totally met me where I was at because one of my friends was reading the book, The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. And I asked about that book. She goes, oh, my friend goes, oh my gosh, it's all about finding your purpose. And I was like, oh, I want to find my purpose. (laughs) So I got the book and I thought the book was going to be all about me and like, you know, it was going to help me find my purpose, but it was all about God. And that's really what introduced me to the Lord. So it was through a book and that's what inspired me to write my own book about growing in your faith and introducing Jesus to someone. Nice. Shout out to Rick Warren for that incredible (laughs) book. It's only sold like a couple bazillion copies. No bigs. No bigs deal. He's quite wonderful. That's awesome. Okay, so kind of talk us about who you were. So you didn't really grow up in faith and you and once Googled Jesus, were you like, you know, party girl? Were you kind of, you know, just somewhere in the middle, like floating through life, trying to find your purpose? Like, what were you like before that Google search? Yes, that's a great question. So before I met Jesus, I... And how old were you? I'm curious. Yeah. So I was introduced to Christ when I was 17 years old. So I was living a lot of years before I knew Jesus. And in those years, in high school, I found a lot of my worth, again, in how people saw me. So um, I thought to be fulfilled, you had to be liked. That was like my equation in my head, like fulfillment equals being liked by everybody. And so I didn't really know who I was. So I would kind of like shape shift into different people. And there was this group of girls at my high school who I just tried to get to like me. So I basically became a different person. I was definitely a partier and like finding my worth in guys, which I would love to talk about. Um, That was huge for me in high school before Christ. And I just was like, I got to a point where I had everything that I thought would give you fulfillment. So I had 
all these guys who liked me and I was invited to all these things. And I was like an it girl, you know, like I was the girl that I always wanted to be, but I literally was so unfulfilled. And I remember just feeling like a fraud because I wasn't being myself. And I knew that, um, like I wasn't writing at all. Writing's always been huge in my life. And I wasn't doing that because I didn't think it was cool and I didn't think it would be accepted. So I stopped doing that. I stopped listening to like alternative music, which like is just one of the things that I've always loved. Um, and I just stopped like being myself. And so that's when I was led to Google Jesus because there was this one girl who I knew who was super into her faith and she just always seemed so confident. And I remember remember looking to her and being like, wow, I wonder like if she talks about Jesus all the time and she's so confident, like, I wonder what that would be like. So that's what led me to that Google search. And the Googling was just the beginning of a wonderful journey so yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so so many things. You loved alternative music. I'm with you, my friend. <laughs> Although I'm I'm older than you. I, I love Nirvana and stuff. I'm curious what what you like. Oh my gosh. I well right now, okay, right now I'm into like folk music, folk Christian music, which I didn't know existed. Um, but there is this one band, uh the Oh Hellos. Oh my gosh, they're so good. I was just listening to them. They're so good. But um, so folk, alternative, like I love the Lumineers. I love Hippocampus. But that was definitely something, a part of my life that I shut out because I was like, okay, that will not be accepted. Need to listen to top 40 music to be accepted. Okay. Good for you though. And I love what you said that what drew you into someone living differently, I guess you could say, is that they wore confidence. You know, there's that quote, like the most attractive thing you can wear is confidence. So I don't know who this girl was, but perhaps she was listening to the music she wanted to and wearing the clothes she wanted to and not caring about likes on the internet or likes from boys. Like that is so simple yet so daggum profound because Mm. nine out of 10 girls, you line them up and it's like, oh my gosh, I need attention. I need likes. I need approval. And that's human, but it's also it's not going to get you anywhere. Like you said, even when you get all the likes and all the attention, shoot, look at celebrities where they have the money, the fame, the looks, the everything, and they're suicidal. (laughs) A lot of them, you know? So, wow. Oh my gosh. So, so good. Okay. Let's talk about boys. (laughs) Let's talk about boys. Let's do it. Let's talk about boys. So many girls. (laughs) This is such a big deal. Like, I need a guy to complete me. I need a guy for my happily ever after. If a guy likes me, my world is complete. Turns out it doesn't work that way, despite what Disney movies are telling us. So what was your experience with that? Mm, it's a, yeah, I keep saying you have great questions because you do. Um, oh. but <laughs> my experience with that, I've kind of had a up and downward slope with guys and finding my worth in them. But um That's a big question. I think in college, it's so easy to be in that scene where like everybody is talking to someone and Snapchatting someone and whatever. And like, if you're not, you can almost feel like there's something wrong with you when really like sometimes God just wants us to be alone and single and there's nothing wrong with that. So this past, these past couple of months, like there's definitely been temptation to want to 
Snapchat, like these guys that like, I know are not good for me, you know, and to be on dating apps when I know that like, this is, that's just not the season God has for me. And it's hard to look at your other friends who are maybe like dating all these guys or it's just hard. Like the comparison yeah. is the toughest part, but, um, I think I've had definitely a long journey and I'm finally at the point where I'm like, God, I totally accept singleness and I accept it. I accept whatever you have for me. So if you have a guy for me, great. If you don't right now, like whatever, that's fine. Like I just want you and what you have for me. Okay. That's huge. How do you, okay. Talk to the 20 year old who's listening or, you know, whatever. And within that age and seeing all of her sorority sisters texting the guys and, you know, maybe not having a date for formal. We're in the middle of a pandemic. I realize they're not formals, but you know what I mean? Regular life and having the Snapchats and all that kind of stuff and having that attention. And yet somehow realizing that's not where happiness is and finding your fulfillment in Christ and saying, God, I'm ready. Like you need, you need to unpack that for me, sister, because that is something I needed when I was like 22. Like I was so looking, I thought a guy is what I needed from a happily ever after. And so many young girls still do. Yes. Yes. Well, I think the first step is knowing your worth, because if we look at the most of the relationships that are happening on Snapchat and in these fraternity date parties, like a lot of these guys, if we're being completely real, a lot of these guys are not looking for something serious and they are not really treating women right yet many women just feed into that and i think like when we look at all these people like talking to all these guys and we see the i guess foundation that that's really on it's about the girl getting attention and then the guy like getting what he wants usually i feel like that's what we see and i don't even mean to be like frank with that, but that's just what I've seen. Um, And so when we look at that, it's easy to go, oh my gosh, I need to be doing that. But when we know our worth, we can't put pearls before swine. Like we are the pearls and some swine, like the guys that are swine, the guys that do not respect girls, the guys that take advantage of women, that's the swine. And they're not going to see the pearl. It's okay if right now we are not being treasured in the way that we see other women being treasured, that's okay because the right guy will treasure us. And so the first step is to know our worth, I think, just overall. Like if we just know our worth, it's so much easier to stay in our lane rather than thinking that we need to go and like have all these, you know, Tinder inboxes open. Yes. (laughs) Guys, from what I know of Tinder and praise Jesus, I was not... (laughs) dating when that was a thing but it seems to me that everyone just needs to delete this app and obliterate the whole the whole tinder um just no just go away with tinder it's bad go away tinder we don't need you we don't need you uh so i have a quote i saw the other day that like totally goes with that and it said something along the lines of you can still be the complete package and wind up at the wrong address and if that happens Mm -hmm. the receiver will mishandle you because they don't know how to treat you And I was like, oh, snap, because these incredible girls end up sometimes in the hands of a wrong guy um, for for lots of reasons, primarily because they don't know their worth. Right. But that guy 
doesn't know how to treat you well. And, you know, maybe he's just immature. Maybe there's a million reasons why he's doing that as well. But my friend, like you are the complete package and you do not need to wind up at the wrong address. Like that is such a big deal. No, that is so good. And I like when I speak from this perspective, it's because I'm speaking from experience. And I remember before I went through just all that guy stuff and even in college, I struggled with it. I would listen to people tell me like not to get involved with guys that didn't know the Lord. And I'd be like, kind of like roll my eyes. I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, you know, I'd be like, okay, yeah. that's like a good idea. But like, what if, you know, what if they could change? And so I remember there was this one guy that I met at this party um, in my sorority and he and I were talking at the party, like I met him there and he got my number and I thought he was going to like ask me to coffee. Right. And this man's does not, he got my Snapchat when he got my number, he got my Snapchat and then he only wanted to Snapchat me. And then he asked me to hang out and I was like, okay, do you want to get coffee? Because you know, when a guy asks you to hang out, you don't want to like do a Netflix and chill. Right. I was like, do you want to go get coffee? And he was like, oh, like, I'm actually really tired. Like, I really just want to, like, hang out. Do you want to watch Rick and Morty? And I go, oh, my gosh. First off, Rick and Morty, what girl on this earth is watching Rick and Morty? If if you are, I just applaud you because, like, you're unique. <laughs> I was, that's like the kind of show that a nice just the 12 year old boy would just sit and just like be glued to for hours. So he asked me to watch that. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, no. And I basically kept Snapchatting him though. He, and he never asked me out and I kept waiting for him to ask me on an actual date, but instead he was just Snapchatting me. And again, it was feeding into that, like attention that like, you know, us girls want. And there was one day where like, he asked me to hang out again. And he asked me to do it like a, like watch this show. And I was like, honestly, I'm good. Like I would much rather go get coffee. And then he Snapchatted me like something else, like changing the subject. And then I literally didn't respond. So I was like, Lord, you have somebody so much better. And I am like trying to get this guy to like me and respect me, but he's not going to. And this guy like kept Snapchatting me for like days because we were Snapchatting for like months. And I like, just, it just shows you like, it's sometimes it is so much better to be single because you are preparing yourself for a, a man rather than just entertaining all these boys. Oh, somebody needs to put that on a t-shirt. Preparing yourself (laughs) for a man instead of entertaining the boys. Yes. Yes. I'm literally writing this down. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I mean, but it's better. You're just more fulfilled. Like I don't have all these Snapchats right now, but I feel more fulfilled. No, it's so good. Well, I mean, I'm really, really passionate about this for because I was that girl too. And because this is my heart to speak to young women. And it's really, if a guy wants to quote, watch Netflix and chill, that is a selfish, mm. he's trying to fill his hormones. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah. You have a hormones so you're attracted to other, that just means you're a human being, but is also I'm looking to use you to fill my selfish desires. Mm. <laughs> Who wants to be put in that box to be, that is just crazy. And I know the girl is thinking, oh, well, he's different and he's going to love me and I'm going to be the exception. 
no, you're not. <laughs> like, it is a guy, a selfish, what'd you say, an immature boy is not going to know how to treat you because you can be the whole package and end up with the wrong address. And a guy who wants to watch Netflix and chill is the wrong address. I'm just saying. Oh, that's okay. so true. Get hot about that's that. That's so true. I got chills right now. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that's something I wish I would have known before that whole experience. Yeah. I mean, so many girls. And this is what I'm so passionate because, you know, social media has changed and the date on the calendar has changed. But the same need for a guy to complete you is there that when I was in college as the girls that I'm mentoring today and the same girls, you know, I just see these beautiful, like smart and funny and all the things. And I'm like, you're crying over that guy. Like he... (laughs) He never even asked you on a proper date, you know, like you were talking about. There's just so many things. I'm like, we need to raise the bar. And it's so interesting because I recently got to know this guy. His name is Joe Malone. I'll start um, doing some stuff with him. We're doing like dating Q&As. But anyway, he's a PhD and he has studied all of this stuff about, you know, men and women and how it all reacts. And he actually, this is like studying all different species. But human beings, especially when the women withholds sex and there was, um, there was a magic amount of time, but it's, it's certainly much longer than what your typical, uh, you know, college age is doing now. When the woman holds sex, the man actually becomes more bonded to her because it's like, he wants to protect her, not in a possessive way. Yeah. And that interesting because it's like, oh, this is my girl and I want to honor and respect her versus getting what he wants, you know, week one, then it's Mm -hmm. like well, we're done here, you know, like, I don't, and I mean, I know there's exceptions and girls might be freaking out when they hear that, but like there is actually hormone and scientific evidence to show that withholding sex bonds you way more than this, what we think. A lot of girls will say, oh, we'll have sex with them and he'll stay around. No, no, it's not actually how it works. So interesting stuff. Oh my gosh. That's fascinating. Science backs this up. Like, yeah. And, but also I think what also backs it up is like going, like, I think a lot of like the experience of, okay, giving yourself to someone and then they are like, okay, I'm over you. Like, and that hurts and that hurts. And so even science and also experience back up that like withholding sex is the best thing you can do actually. And it's, it, it's like one of those things where like, the cliche, like, oh, don't have sex till you're married. But like, it's actually the best thing for you. Yeah. And I used to think like, oh, well, God God does that because he wants us to have rules and he doesn't want us to have fun. No, he's a good father who doesn't want you to be hurt. And this gift of sex is, is more than just this casual play. It's a big deal. There are still a lot of unknowns for fall semester. But one thing I know for sure is if you are a sorority woman listening to this, your sorority is going to need some motivation when you get back. Let's talk about making a difference in the community, setting positive trends, changing the dating world. Can I get an amen? And getting back to your founding sisters' dreams of sisterhood that held each other to a higher standard and never let each other fall. You guys, I'm now booking both virtual and in-person events for fall semester. I would love to bring this message to your sorority. I would love to talk to you about how I truly believe sorority women can be the change we need to see in this world. I know it from a marketing perspective. I have tons of research to prove you guys are trendsetters. Let's talk about making trends that matter. All the details you need can be found on my website at katiebulmer.life 
or simply send me an email, just katie at katiebulmer.life. This is total crazy, but um, you're my friend. So, and everyone listening, like you inside scoop here, guys. But Mm -hmm. I told one of my good friends, I want to do this thing. unpacking Taylor Swift songs. All right. So stay with me. You know, that song blank space when it's like, I got a long list of ex lovers and they'll tell you I'm insane. There's like a million lyrics in that, that song specifically, but that spot, I just have so much to say about it because when a sex happens, there are hormones released like dopamine being one of them, the exact same hormones that are released when a mother nurses her baby. Okay, so if a a mother having that bond with a baby by nursing her, we all applaud a mother if she risks life and limb, you know, picks up a truck to save her baby who gets lost or is hurt or something like that, because she's bonded to them, of course. But the same exact hormones are released in a sexual experience. Yet when that guy is never to be seen again the next morning, then they say that she's insane and she's crazy for trying to track him down. She's bonded to him. That is the way it works. That is the way God designed sex. Who I'm getting hot about it. Wow. No, that was a beautiful comparison. And like, yeah. there's a reason why like this, there's the same response is because they're supposed to be both in like loving, nurturing relationships. And, and unfortunately that's not always the case. So true. Anyway, sorry, you got me on my soapbox, but you have so many, (laughs) you have so many interesting things to talk about. So tell me about a scoop of honey and how this got started. Yeah. So I've always loved writing and books and everything books. Books are my friends. And, um, there was a season where, um, I was not planning on writing a book. I had actually been very dramatic and I like shut the door on writing books because I went to a conference and the girl that I pitched a book to, she was a publisher and I pitched the book to her and she basically like didn't approve of it. So in my mind, I was like, okay, I can't ever write a book again. Like I can't even try. So I was all dramatic about it. And then like a couple months later, um, I was getting all of this feedback about how people thought that I should write a book about growing your faith when you don't know where to start. And I wasn't even asking for it. It was like all at the same time. It was right before winter break. And they were just, all of these people were saying that I should write the same kind of book idea. And they like didn't converse with each other about it. And I was like, okay, this is weird. And then I was like, okay, God, I guess you want me to try writing. And so this time I did self-publishing and I didn't try to pitch it, but I self-published this book that I wish I would have had because when I first got into my faith, there were so many things I didn't know. Like culturally you grow up in a Christian home, you know, some of the things that I was just figuring out. So like how to read the Bible, how to get into community, um, how to even like have a quiet time. Those were all the things that I talk about in the book because that's just a way to kind of introduce you to this space. That's awesome. And so when did this come out? This came out last year, last April, I think. Yes. That's so awesome. I'm so proud of you. Well, something that you kind of said, talking about how so many different people were speaking to you about, um, you know, the same story. I think that's, that's really 
important. But what I first thought you were saying is that you had seen other people with a similar message. And I was like, girl, say it anyway, because you know, your voice matters uniquely. But anyway, either way, it's super cool that you did it. Even if there's 20 books on the subject, because you come at it with a unique perspective. Also, you're like so relatable because you are the age and like walking step with the women who are reading this. So that's so cool. Oh, thank you, Katie. Thank you. It was definitely cool to self-publish because that's like a whole world that is opening up on Amazon, which is awesome. Yeah, that's how I did it too. So to the girl who wants to write it. Yes. And it's so much more attainable than it used to be. People think like, oh, you're an author. You must be like, you know, Stephen King or, well, Stephen King's kind of odd, but you know what I mean? You must be like. I love Stephen King. You got, he, I respect him. He's a, he's a legend. True, true. But you know, they kind of put you on this pedestal. You're like, "Mm, no, just a regular girl who knows how to work the internet. And like, you know, anyway, all I'm saying is if you have a passion with inside of you, you can self-publish and make your dream book happen. It's so true. All it's all that takes is your effort. Honestly, (laughs) it's just like you sitting down every day and writing that book. And like, you're the only one that really can get in the way because if, and of course God, but I feel like lately I've been thinking about this uh, idea that like we're in the business of effort, but God is in the business of results. And so Mm, that's good, but we do have to put in the effort. Yes. Okay. So I know I hear a lot of times people say, well, how did you write the book and blah, blah, talk about the effort because the words don't fall from heaven onto your keyboard and you, and the stars align and there's (laughs) angels singing. At least that wasn't my experience, but that's what people think. So just the discipline of showing up and writing, like, what was that like for you? Oh my gosh. So I definitely think God helped me a lot because one of the girls that gave me the idea, she was, she just had gotten baptized and she was like, okay, Ashley, now what? Like, what, what do I do? And I'm like, and she's like, yeah, you should write this book about growing your faith when you don't know where to start. And I looked to, I looked to her after I decided I was going to write this book. And I said, listen, I want you to write down every little question you have about like how to grow your faith right now, whether that's how to read the Bible or how to pray, all of these things, I want you to write them down. So she wrote them down for me, like every kind of question. And then I just outlined the book like that. So I just like oh, tackled each question. So I was writing to one girl, but that one girl is actually symbolizing several girls all walking through the same season. And that's they, they say you're supposed to do that when it comes to social media and writing anyway. You have one person in mind because we all have so much in common. And that's perfect. I love that. Yeah. So honestly, God really helped me out with the outline because he was just like, okay, here you go. Here's what you're going to write. So I just had to answer the prompts basically. Okay. Give us give us the highlights. Like give us one or two like common questions that you use in the highlights, like a, you know, I'm trying to say like how to pray or something like that, that, that you get a question the most often. Yes, that's a great question. So I would say praying is one that I, that we definitely have a lot of conversations about in our Bible studies and just in mentoring girls, like how to actually talk to God. Like, do you use this long drawn out prayer? Do you, just talk to him like you would talk to a friend. There's a lot of different models that people are confused about. And to start out in the book, I just say, 
just talk to him like he is your best friend. Just talk to him. Like you don't have to have all the right words or the the right model. Like, of course, in Matthew, Jesus does provide a model of how to pray. Um, where he says, you know, our father who art in heaven, help be my name. That is a beautiful way that God tells us how to pray, but he also, or that Jesus tells us how to pray. But I also think God just is closer than a friend, you know, so we can also just talk to him out of desperation, out of just wanting a friend for the day. And so, yeah, and we're also called to pray continually. And so how are we supposed to pray continually if it's supposed to be a perfect model every time? We're just supposed to talk to him and include him in our day. And I've also read and you know, again, I'm sure there's different philosophies on all of this. And I love what you said about praying continually. So this wouldn't really apply to praying continually, but like when you're going through a hardship or something, I read um, a guy talking about just like being prostrate on the floor, like a toddler who is like crying out. Because if you have three kids and the one who is screaming, like I, you know, am falling apart, Mm -hmm. that's going to get your attention. And so sometimes we're falling apart. Sometimes we're like, God, what the heck? I mean, you want me to do next? Like my job, my kids, my family, whatever it is. And, and you're falling apart. I feel like God meets us there and it's kind of, kind of a beautiful thing. So, um, I know I definitely had more than one meltdown in my closet and, um, and I feel like God is there. He's like, I got you girl. I'm listening. So yes, we also see that in the Bible. Like I was reading one of the Psalms when David was in the cave and he gives us a great example of praying out of complete desperation. Like David was like, he literally says, Lord, please come quick to save me or I'm going to die. Like he is so dramatic, but like, you know, God meets us when we're dramatic. Like even if we're about to, we feel like we're about to die or we feel like we're just at our wits end. Like God meets us there and we're allowed to talk to him out of that desperation. So I love that you were on the floor. Just like we've all had those moments. Totally. I, I remember writing about it one time. I'm like throwing this sweater up and down and the sweater's like, what did I ever do to you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh my gosh, there was this one time where I had like a bad night. I forget what it was, but there is this quote that I, there's this verse on my wall that I have in a canvas. It's that for, I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper you and not to harm you. I have that canvas and I was so upset when I was just bed up and I went up to the canvas and I ripped it off my wall (laughs) and I put it on my bed and I was like all dramatic you know bawling my eyes out about whatever and then like 30 minutes later I put the canvas back (laughs) (laughs) and I was like all right enough of that like we're just gonna put this back but (laughs) it's funny it's I love that well that goes back to how God says that we're children. We are. I mean, you know, he's like, oh, look, Ashley's having a meltdown. So cute. (laughs) My friends literally crack up when they hear that story because they just imagine me ripping a canvas off the wall (laughs) and then just like slowly putting it back on minutes later. (laughs) "Mm, Well, I won't rip it up. (laughs) I was like, okay, anyway. I love you. Here you go. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Okay. Well, that's actually a perfect lead into the next question I have, because you just graduated college in the middle of a pandemic. Welcome to the real world. Jobs are short supply. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You didn't get to graduate with your friends and family. What is this teaching you right now? I'm sure a lot. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, 
I have heard that it is, you know, for many people, they're like, oh, it must be a tough time to graduate. But I'm thinking it is a great time to trust God because mm-hmm. how are we trusting God if we have the plan? Like there's not a lot of room left for trusting God if we know what our next steps are going to be. And so I think in this season, I'm just learning like day by day, God, you have a plan for me. You say all my days were written in your book. So despite a pandemic, like you have a plan. And so just continually asking him for direction has been huge. Um, And just seeing him show up. I'm writing this down. <laughs> yeah. You said so many good things. Like people say, oh, this is terrible. And also you're you're switching the story because people are saying, oh, this is bad. Sorry for you. And you're like, yeah, but you know what? I can also switch the story and see the good in this. And you're seeing God is writing something incredible that you never were in charge of to begin with. Pre-pandemic, we were like, I know what I'm doing. I got my plan. I got my vision board on the wall. I got my calendar and my planner. And that's all adorable. And I'm all for planning, but we're never really in charge anyway. And this is just a big wake up call to realize that. Yes. Yes. And I think about, have you ever heard of the podcast called The Imagined Life? You heard of that? No. Well, it talks about the lives of famous people before they were famous. And I love listening to that podcast because it shows like, like, okay, all of these people went through serious, like difficulties before, you know, they hit their careers or whatever. And so one of the people that I loved listening about was Stan Lee, the comic, the the guy who created Spider-Man. Yeah. All of these amazing stories. And he, I think was, he was starting his writing in the great depression. Like, I mean, that is a story. Like the fact that the fact that he was able to build a career out of that makes his story seem so much more remarkable to me. So yeah, I don't know. I just think it honestly gives our stories, whatever God's going to lead us to like more of a story, like (laughs) than the average get out of college and have all this opportunity. I love that. I was just talking with Sarah, who's going to be on the podcast as well. And she was talking about, she helps authors publish their books and stuff. And she was saying, you know, the best stories, the best movies all went through some junk, you know? And so Mm -hmm. we're sitting here like, oh God, like this is horrible. But perhaps it's what's using, it's being used to refine us. You know, a lot of times God talks about the pruning process, which is literally like cutting off branches to make the, the, base of the plant stronger, but that hurts and it leaves a scar and, but it's for our best good. And it's hard to see that part. Cause we're like, but I don't want to go through the painful part. Mm-hmm. I want to stay comfortable. And God's like, mm, I want what's best for you more than I want your comfort. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. Or I'd like to just continue living my life. So I'm going to act like the pandemic is not happening. And just <laughs> like, I feel like America is kind of fed up with the pandemic. So a lot of us are acting out of comfort by just not caring anymore when really we should be taking it seriously still. That's real too. Okay. So I want to wrap this up, even though I want to talk to you for four more days. You mentioned a (laughs) podcast you listened to, but throw out a few things that kind of inspired you, you know, some, some content that you're reading, stuff like that. Yeah. So I, for all the single girls out there, who have gone through 
some some crappy men and you know want to learn about the good guys out there and the good relationship that you have out there for you if you're patient um i recommend several books for you so specifically about singleness there is this one book called single dating engaged married by ben stewart and that really changed my life i annotated like the whole book so i would really recommend reading that book and then another book that i'm reading right now is the meaning of marriage by tim keller and that is really good to read yeah it's really good to read while we're single because we're able to have this lens of what to look for or what to like what what our next relationship should look like for it to be a successful marriage. So I recommend Good for those you. Two resources. Yeah. It's important, you know, I always say you can you can destroy or you can strengthen your marriage before you've even met your your man or woman um because you know, marriage is two sinful human beings, but if you mm. can bring less baggage and less stuff <laughs> into the marriage and just become a whole and complete person, that marriage just becomes a lot less complicated. There are no marriage problems. There are just single people problems who didn't deal with the stuff before they got married. So that's all I'm trying to say. That's good. Drop the mic. <laughs> Tell them again, your book title, where you are on Instagram, all that good stuff. Yeah. So you can buy my book on Amazon. It's called A Scoop of Honey, A Beginner's Guide to Faith by someone who once Googled Jesus. And you can also follow along on my Instagram at The Honey Scoop. The Honey Scoop. It's so adorable. I love it. Thanks. Thank you. I love it. Okay. We love to close this podcast because we call it the Truth for Your 20s podcast. And what would you tell your 20-year-old self? And you can say your freshman self because I know you're like the ripe age of 22. <laughs> mm, wow. I love this question. So if I were looking at freshman Ashley, I would tell her that your life is going to change a lot. But the one thing that will not change is your relationship with God. And so you should put more energy into knowing him than what you put into anything else. Ooh, I'm going to drop that mic on you too, sister. <laughs> yes. I wish my 20 year old self girls, I wish she knew that. <laughs> yes. Well, girls listening, I hope that you take that to heart because we really have been through stuff and we really have learned a lot. And I know it's not normal to be like, oh, that's good for them, but I know better. No, you don't. You know, like, <laughs> I used to think I knew better too. But pe- the reason why we do this podcast, the reason why people want to go back and talk to their younger self is to avoid heartache, avoid going the long road. And yes, we learn and stuff, but you can avoid so much more scars, so many more winding roads and really lost years when you just um, listen to people who have been there. Kind of like someone who's been to the vacation spot before you have, they just can tell you where to go and how to avoid the, the messes along the way. Yes, Katie, you have great metaphors. I'll just tell you, I love metaphors. Thanks. Well, I've been doing this a lot. And honestly, I think about them more than I share them. So I appreciate that (laughs) because I like, I want to put so much on Insta stories and I want to say so many things, but I'm like, oh, you know, maybe it doesn't make sense or whatever. Anyway, but now I'm just going to say all the things. (laughs) No, those hit me hard. I love, especially the package one. I mean, that is so good to think about. 
Good. Well, I already have it on a Canva quote, so we're going to be sharing it on the Instagram. (laughs) Yes. I love that. I love that. All right, girl. Well, thank you so much for being here. I know that everyone is going to love this episode as much as I love chatting with you. Oh, Katie, this was just so wonderful. And thank you so much for having me on your show. This was such a joy. Of course, everyone is going to love you. Oh, you're so sweet. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Take a screenshot and put this up on your social. Tag me at Katie Bulmer Life. By the way, I love your DMs. I'm just a regular girl who responds to all my DMs. I never thought I had to clarify that, but apparently some people don't. You actually do me a favor when you reach out and tell me what you want to hear more of because I'm no longer a 20-something, but my passion is to keep my thumbprint on the pulse of what you guys are walking through, what you want to hear more of, what resonates. So please reach out. Do not be shy. And lastly, those of you who leave a review on iTunes is the best possible compliment you can give. Thank you so much for joining me, and I hope that you gain some truth for your 20s. Hey, my name is Hannah Boomer. Thanks for listening to my mom's podcast. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) And our work here is done.